ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋನತ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀರಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ವಿ ಪ್ರೊಸೀಡ್ ಫರ್ದರ್ ಅವರ್ ಆನಂದ್ ಆಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಕ್ವೆಶ್ಚನ್ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ವೆರಿ ಮಚ್ ದಿಡ್ ವ್ಯಾವ್ ಆನಂದ್ ಆಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಕ್ವೆಶನ್ ಸ್ವಾಮೀಜಿ ಯು ರಿಲೇಟೆಡ್ ಯುವರ್ ಸ್ಟೋರಿ ಎಸ್ ಟು ಹೌ ಯು ಗಾಟ್ ಅಡಿಕ್ಟೆಡ್ ಟು ಥೀ ದೆನ್ ವಾಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪನ್ ಐ ಸ್ಟಿಲ್ ಅಡಿಕ್ಟೆಡ್ ಟು ಥೀ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಸಿಚುವೇಶನ್ so how i became free from addiction also is another story uh once upon a time i went for a silent retreat for one month uh, you may be familiar that in gujarat and maybe elsewhere also there are retreats what we call silent retreat the most famous is one in nadiyad which was started by shri moda the saint where you go and stay in a let's say room where you can find that place you do not come out no talking no company the food is provided to you everything is provided to you there and like this i went to a silent retreat like this for one month because that the uh, space was available slot was available and i used to drink tea those days you know in that place which was a yoga place which was started by a jain saint who was no more at that time a yogi there they did not make tea did not serve tea i am a swami and so i am a special person you know there were a couple of my students went earlier scouting met with the management in that retreat place and arranged with them that even if you do not make tea you make tea for swami ji please you know our swami needs tea so you please do that so they obliged so as an exception they were making tea for his swami the morning cup of tea at 7 o'clock 7 a.m and afternoon 3:30 p.m so this was a routine that went on for a few days one afternoon it was already 3:30 3:45 4:00 i was anxiously waiting for my cup of tea and i knew that if the tea did not arrive in time i'm going to get headache which was the history this called addiction that if you do not get what your system requires then system rewards and then i would get severe headaches accompanied with all stomach problems and vomiting if that is called migraine if i missed my tea in time then this is so that is i was enslaved t enslaving by demanding that i must have it in the right time if i miss that time 7 o'clock by more than half an hour then this headache will come 
Similarly, if I miss that 3.30 afternoon time, by more than half an hour, headache would come. So, that afternoon, T did not arrive at 3.30 at the appointed time. Or anxiously waiting 3.45, a headache will come. T has not come, headache will come. 4 o'clock, T has not come, headache will come. When this was going on in my mind, about 4.15 or so, the manager of that place came there. Only one small window is open from which you can communicate. Yes, Swamiji, we are sorry that today we were not able to serve you tea because the milkman has not delivered milk. So, we cannot make tea. If you want, we can get you tea from the tea stall across the street. I said, no, Swami does not drink tea from tea stall. I won't have tea. I said it boldly. Within me, I knew that headache is going to come. The miracle happened. The tea did not come. Headache also did not come. It was some kind of a special grace. So then I became a little bold. Next day, let, I said, let me experiment. The morning tea I had, afternoon tea, the tea time came, tea was delivered next day. But I said, let me see what happens if I did not do not drink tea. So that day I avoided drinking tea and headache did not come. Third day, tea is there, but I don't drink, no headache. For three or four days when headache did not come consistently, I knew that I can do without the afternoon tea. So morning tea is more critical. I said, let me try with morning tea also. So next day then tea came. I did not, you know, ask them to stop it. Tea came. I did not drink that morning. Half an hour, one hour, headache did not come. Second morning, headache did not come. Third morning, headache did not come. Headache did not come. And thus, then I declared I do not need tea. From that time, I became free from this addiction of tea. That is a miracle. It happened. So, uh, but tea is an example. And we know what addiction is from example of tea, coffee, smoking, etc. But really speaking, we are addicted, if not as strongly, but most of our relationships are relation of addiction. What we generally enjoy, the people, the things, the clothes, all of these, in one degree or other, we are addicted to them. You know, why do I say that? Because when we do not get what we want, the kind of dress I want, I did not get, I get upset. When I go to a restaurant, I do not get the food that I wanted, I get upset. Whenever I do not get what I want, and when I get upset, I must know that it is a kind of addiction. You follow what I am saying? That is called dependence. That is called bondage. Meaning that I am empowering something like tea, which controls me. 
which is empowered to make me upset. So whether it is food, clothes and millions of other things that we day to day use, very often it happens that when we do not have our way, we do not get what we want, the specific thing that I like, it may be tea all right but not the kind of tea that I like. Mom has made good food but no, somehow it doesn't fulfill my, the taste. So when I do not get what I want, I find myself getting upset. So this is dependence and this also shows that I am addicted to that. What is addiction? When I cannot do without certain thing. However, as far as all these day-to-day -day things are concerned, since most of us are of the same type, all of us get disappointed with little things, Therefore, we do not see any unusual in that. So, we do not brand ourselves addicted. You follow? Because we are in the same boat. If someone shows extreme reaction, then we call it addiction. We show mild reactions. Therefore, we do not call it addiction. Which is why we need not call it. What I am saying is that whenever we show reaction, when we get upset, it shows that we are controlled by something, by a cup of tea, by a pair of clothes, by a pair of shoes, by a certain behavior. I expect certain behavior, when that does not come along, I get upset. So this is how we have as though empowered so many things in our life, as Kshiti said, it comes as a guest, lingers on to become a host and ultimately enslaves us. So, lot of slavery in our life, small little slavery, not big one. And we have to progressively make ourselves free from the slavery. I am not suggesting that we have to become free from tea or such. We have to become free from, you can do what you want. As long as it is done without slavery. There is a very famous statement in the Upanishads. It says, Tena tektena bhunjithaha. In Gujarati, it is a tyagene bhogavi jano. Tyagene bhogavi jano. Tena tektena bhunjithaha. We enjoy something with tyaga. We enjoy something with freedom. Not enjoy something with passion, with dependence. So, this, this is, there are very mild kind of addictions in our life, which control us, which control our mood. And therefore, very often, in spite of having everything that we want, sometimes we are not still happy. Because of a relationship is not healthy relationship. <coughs> That's with everything, whether it is people, friends, family, colleagues, superior, 
subordinate, neighbor, with my furniture, my clothes, my food, my shoes, with all sorts of things. We are constantly related. We are constantly related. Many things are sentient, alive, like family, friends and so on. It may be a pet, it may be anything, birds. And many things are not alive, they are insentient, like furniture, like clothes, like shoes, like pair of glasses. So things that we are related to can be classified as sentient and insentient, having life and not having life. And remember that in our life we are constantly related. What the Upanishad teaches is that when you relate to anything, may you relate with freedom. May you not be controlled by relationship. May you not be controlled by something. You already talked about this. We give the example last time of a drunkard. It's not he who drinks alcohol. It's alcohol that is drinking him. So, we will slowly acquire freedom. Vedanta does not say you get rid of things. Does not say you run away from things. That does not mean to plunge into things either. But examine every relationship and make it a healthy relationship. A relationship in which you are free. You are in control, you know. To be in control is very important in our life. The free will is given for that purpose. There is an interesting anecdote of a king. In the olden days, kings used to ride horses, you know. King would ride a horse. One day, this king was invited to ride an elephant. So he climbed the elephant. He asked, where is the rain? Where is the lagam? Then that Mahavat says, sir, elephants don't have lagam. There is no rain. He says, if I don't have rain, I cannot ride. He, came, he got down. I cannot ride something which I do not control. You understand? So, now we have to thus become slowly free, free independent. What do we do? For that, several things are given to us. One of the things that I, we want to discuss is called values. You know what is the value? Like truthfulness is a value. Compassion is a value. Charity is a value. Not hurting somebody is a value. Generosity is a value. These are called values. Why are they called values? Because they add some value to us. 
by having them we become more valuable right now i have a certain value if i add now there are external things also which make me valuable if i add into myself some wealth i become valuable power i become valuable fame i become valuable so yes external things also make me valuable so the real thing that makes me valuable is this truthfulness honesty charity compassion kindness these are called values because they add value to me when i have them i become valuable more of kindness i have more of compassion i have more of honesty i have more valuable i become to whom swami ji nobody cares for an honest person nobody values honesty nobody values truthfulness nobody values uh, generosity non violence nobody values you say that by becoming charitable i become more valuable people don't value people value only wealth and power and fame that's what people value so in what way does honesty make me more valuable truthfulness makes me more valuable in what way to whom to me i become valuable you follow when i add honesty to me i become more valuable for myself in my own perception when i am a truthful person i become valuable in my own perception when i am i don't hurt i mean i'm not violent i become valuable in my own perception swami ji you think you are valuable so what does it matter the world doesn't care whether you are honest person the world doesn't care if you are a non violent person what does the world care so this is because you value yourself what does it matter if you remember our earlier discussion what matters to us most is how we value ourselves how we approve of ourselves how we like ourselves so remember we said that each of us wants to be happy so when i say that i want to be happy what does it mean it means i am a happy self when does it happen when i am 
comfortable with myself, when I value myself, when I accept myself, when I am worthy in my own perception. So understand that even though all the time we try to look good to the world so that world perceives me in a good way, world approves of me, world praises me, we are constantly trying to do that. But behind that, the real desire is that I should praise myself. You know what I am seeking in my life? I am all the time seeking praise from my own self. I am constantly seeking approval from my own self. And that is the toughest. It is easy to have somebody else approve of me, praise me. But it is very difficult for me to praise myself. So, this is something that hardly anybody understands. What is important is how I value myself. How I perceive myself. How I view myself. How I approve of myself. When am I happy? When I am pleased with myself. When I approve of myself. When I accept myself. When I am comfortable with myself. Now let me ask you a question. Our common experience. Somebody says, Swamiji, please pose for a photograph. People often ask me, or they sit, stand beside me to be photographed, or they ask me to, for a photograph. I am sure all of you have that experience. We pose for a photograph, isn't it? Do you pose for a photograph, Kshiti, ever? Do you pose for a photograph? Somebody says, yes, Yeah. How about you, Shubh? Do you pose for a photograph? Yes, Yeah. So, how do you pose? How do you pose like that? You smile, isn't it? Why? Why do we smile while posing for a photograph? To make us look good or happy. You look good to others? Uh, look good or may, like look good or showcase that we are happy with a smile. Yes, good answer still. Any any uh, other answer? When I pose for a photograph and smile while posing. Who am I trying to please? I think that I am trying to please others by smiling. Really? Who am I trying to please, you know? Later on, I look at my own photograph in secret. How do I look? And then, if I look good, I am happy with myself. Is it not so? Are you happy with a smiling self? 
Are you, are you happy with an angry self? They, don't take my picture right now. Wait a minute. Let me pose. Some people take pictures you know, without our notice. All kinds of very strange, you know, poses come. Strange. Our mouth is sometimes very distorted. They say never take a picture when you are eating. and you know, Because the face is distorted. Hey, don't take my picture now. Swami means they take picture all the time in every condition. So when I'm eating, then I'm doing my faces like this. I said, no, don't take that. You know why? Because I do not like myself when my face is distorted. When my face is angry. When, so meaning that really, even though it may look like I'm pleasing the world, in fact, in posing with a smiling face, I am trying to please myself. Because I enjoy a smiling self, I do not enjoy an angry self. You follow what I am saying? I can pose an angry, no, an actor can pose, but I do not want to be caught when I am angry. I do not want somebody to take a photograph when I am angry. Not happy, when I'm sad, when my face is distorted, I don't like that. Because I do not like myself in that position. So the reason why I pose with a smiling face is because I like a smiling self. I do not like an angry self. Think about it. Even though outwardly it looks like I'm posing for others. Inwardly, I visualize myself as a smiling self and I like it. That's why I pose that way. Even in photograph also. Even in photograph also, I do not like an angry photograph. You know? That means that I do not like an angry self. I do not like myself when I'm angry. I like myself when I'm smiling. I like myself when I am kind. I do not like myself when I am cruel. Think about it and observe yourself now. Sometimes we get angry. Somebody provokes us, says things and we get angry. After that anger is over, now I recall my behavior. Do I approve of that behavior? Do I like myself when I became angry? Sometimes I become cruel also. I say things that hurt others. We become cruel also. Later on, do I regret or do I become happy? What do I tell myself? Oh, I should not have said it. I should not have done it. Is it not that we regret our bad behavior? Or do I say, yes, how nice it is, I got angry. I hurt him. Do I feel happy about that? Or I wish I had not done it. What's your experience? Out of anger we say things. And we find ourselves hurting other people's feelings. But when that thing is over, how do I feel? I'm glad that I heard this fellow.
or do I feel that I wish I did not have heard? What do you think? Do we regret our bad behavior or do we congratulate ourselves because of bad behavior? What is your experience? Some we regret our bad behavior. Yes, it happens to everybody. We do get upset. We do get angry. Become insensitive to other people's feelings and say things, do things. Happens. But we are not happy by doing for at that time we did it. But then when everything becomes quiet, when you come to a right mind, with the right mind, when we review that episode, we do not like ourselves. We wish I did not do that. Meaning that I do not approve of an angry self. You follow? I do not like myself when I find myself hurting others. I do not like myself when I am sometimes when you are traveling, you are riding in the car, driving at the intersection with the, with the traffic light, so you have to stop there. Those urchins, the children come around from nowhere and then tick, 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 and then make faces and, you know, seek some favor from you. Yeah, yeah, get out, get out. We say that. Even though there are a lot of money in my pocket, I don't spare a single penny. But well, sometimes a beggar comes, sometimes a needy person comes, sometimes we become cruel. Ah, get out. Why didn't you go and work? We say that. Later on I feel I wish I had given him something. Isn't it? Does it happen? I wish I had. Somebody asked for help. Sometimes I ah, forget it. Now I have no time. Later on I feel that I wish I had helped him. So sometimes out of anger, out of small-mindedness, narrow-mindedness, out of such reasons, we fail to do something good. There are many occasions that demand that we reach out with small act of kindness, you know. Sometimes we are not in mood, we are angry, we are upset and we fail to show that small kindness. Later on we regret, I wish I had given him this. I wished I had helped him. I wish I did not say that. I wish I had been kind. There are many thus occasions when we regret about what we did or regret what we did not do. I wish I had done it. Or, I wish I had not done it. So, pay attention to this. It's a very important thing. We have to learn a lot of lessons from this. Whatever we did, we did. But then what we should learn from that is, uh, did we regret something? Did I congratulate myself? Or, did I blame myself? Was I happy with myself? Or was I 
unhappy with myself. Simple art of being happy. You follow? I saw it earlier. It is we who make ourselves happy. It is we who make ourselves unhappy. We think that the world makes us unhappy. World makes us happy. Did that beggar make me unhappy? Or my behavior to that beggar made me unhappy? Did the other person make me unhappy? Or the cruel words I said made me unhappy? I find that what I regret is the wrong thing that I did. What I regret the right thing I failed to do. Remember this. We regret. What is meant by regret? I am unhappy with myself. I wish I was not like that. I wish I was different. When we fail to do something that is right or do something that is wrong. We do not like ourselves when we do something wrong. Like we tell a lie. Out of anger we hurt somebody. Or we fail to do something right. So doing wrong also makes me unhappy with myself. And failing to do what is right also makes me unhappy with myself. You know why? Because I have an expectation of myself. Each one of us has an expectation of our own self. What is that expectation? That I should be a good person. Each one of us wants ourselves to be a good person. And I know he is a good person. I know that a kind person is a good person. A helping person is a good person. A charitable person is a good person. Which means that I like to see myself a helping person, a charitable person, a kind person, a compassionate person. That is what I like to see myself. That's why I just give the example of photograph. I want to appear as a compassionate person, a kind person, a smiling person, a giving person. Even photograph I like that, then what log of my own self? By the same token, I become unhappy with myself when I see that I was cruel, I was insensitive, I was unkind, I was not generous, I was greedy, I was angry. Both these kinds of experiences happen to us. It's not that we are always angry, we are kind also. It's not that we are always uh, uh, cruel, we are compassionate also. It's not that we always tell lies, we tell truth also. Not that we always do wrong things, we do right things also. So the, these experiences teach us a lot about what my expectation is from myself. Which self makes me happy? Which self makes me unhappy? You should know this. 
that we alone make ourselves happy and we alone make ourselves unhappy. The kind, compassionate, good, charitable self makes me happy. A cruel, insensitive, self-centered self makes me unhappy. Let's call a value. What is the value? So, value is when I value myself. You follow? Then I am a valuable person. What is important is, I should become valuable in my own perception. I should give me a certificate that, yes, Swami, you are good. Swami, you are valuable. I have to give that certificate to myself. Or, Swami, you are no good. I reject myself. This kind of inner dialogue is always going on with myself. You follow? We are constantly in dialogue with myself. You know the cricket running commentary? In cricket there is running commentary. In myself the running commentator. In my own self. I am myself a commentator. Of whom? Of my own self. Constantly I comment on myself. We do comment on others also. We do comment on others also, no doubt. But before that, we comment on our own self. There is a constant commentary going on within my mind. Where one part of myself keeps on commenting upon the other part of myself. And so there are two parts in myself. You know, sometimes I do you experience I am talking to myself. Do you feel that sometimes I am talking to my own self? So understand that one part of ourselves is a commentator who observes, who judges, who gives opinion and says, This is how, how you are. So judging self is there, the observing self is there, judging self is there, commenting self is there, opinioning self is there. So this is the case with the human being. You always have a self-opinion. On the very first day we said that we are self-conscious beings and therefore we always entertain an opinion about ourselves. This problem, if you want to call it problem, other living beings don't have. A dog does not comment on itself. A cat doesn't do that. Nobody else does it. Therefore, they are all free. They are all happy. They don't reject themselves. Here, the human being that I am, very often, I am, I reject myself. I disapprove of myself. See, approval or passing the test always calls for a standard, you know. You have passed the examination, if you score, I don't know, in our time, it was 35%. When we were in schools, if you scored 35% point, then you passed. 50% second class, 60% first class. 70% distinction. This was how our thing was. We didn't have grades. 
So there is a cutoff point. 35% you pass. Similarly, we have cutoff point ourselves. We pass ourselves or fail ourselves. Although we are very particular about whether the world is passing us or failing us, but more important is whether I pass myself or I fail myself. So constantly I am observing myself, judging myself and declaring a judgment. You failed, Swami, you failed. Why? Because you, you should not have said it. You failed because you did not give this. You failed because you are not kind. You failed because you are angry. You failed because you lied. So thus, whenever I do the opposite of what I should do, I fail myself. Meaning I dislike myself. Meaning I become sad. You see, when do I become sad? All sadness in our life, all mental problems, whether psychologists know or not, but I am telling you, all problems in mind, including all depression, is a result of my failing myself, my disapproving myself, my disliking myself. What is the solution of all mental problems? Like yourself. Disliking myself makes me unhappy, sad and depressed. It goes on and on. If that current of sadness builds up, I become depressed. But the root of all mental suffering is in my disapproving myself, my disliking myself. Solution is very simple. I should like myself, that's all. Thank you, Swamiji. From now on, I will start liking myself. That, that doesn't happen. I have to become likable to myself. I'm a pretty strict judge of myself, you know. I mean, quite lenient. I'm not lenient with myself. I'm very strict with myself. I can only accept myself if I live up to my own expectation. So when do I accept myself, approve of myself, pass myself when I'm kind? When I am truthful, when I am generous, when I am loving, when I am compassionate, then I am happy with myself. When I am angry, cruel, insensitive, self-centered, then what is my judgment? I do not like myself. I disapprove of myself. I become unhappy with myself. I become unhappy, sad. Simple thing. Don't think that your unhappiness is anything with outside. Our happiness or unhappiness, nothing to do with outside. It's purely an internal phenomenon. It's purely subjective phenomenon. You follow? Outside can trigger this. True. What happens outside? can trigger something and make me happy or unhappy. When can trigger happen? When the potential is there. If I, if I push the button here, this lamp will go off. Push button there, lamp will come on. Is it not so? If I push button here, for example, 
will lamp come on? Because there is no potential there. If I push a switch of fan, then the fan starts turning. Push somewhere here, nothing happens because there is no potential there. Meaning that if something out there, somebody says something, somebody did something, I got something, I did not get something, all of these are buttons. But I become happy and happy provided that is already within me. Meaning that merely an external event cannot make me happy or unhappy if I do not cooperate. Therefore, we are always busy trying to change outside. All the time, trying to, all the time, trying to create comfortable or convenient situation outside. Which you may do. What is important is we should create that convenient, comfortable, acceptable, happy situation within ourselves. You may create convenient thing outside, nothing wrong in it. In itself, not a solution. If that external comfort helps you get inner inner comfort, then it's all right. What is important for us is inner comfort. Sometimes the outer comfort is helpful. But there is no rule that outer comfort will create inner comfort. There is no rule that outer discomfort will create inner discomfort. No rule. What's the rule? Inner comfort makes me happy. Inner discomfort makes me unhappy. This is a rule. Therefore, we should do that which makes us happy. Avoid doing something that makes us unhappy. Simple, isn't it? Ultimately, happiness is created based on what we do. And unhappiness is created also based on what we do or don't do. Therefore, we create happiness by what we do or don't do. Or we create unhappiness by doing or not doing what we do or don't do. We are creators of our own happiness. We are creators of our own unhappiness. This very fundamental law of life we should understand. We won't blame others. Not should we blame ourselves. No blaming. Understanding is important. Not blaming. Not branding. I am saying all this not to blame ourselves. Not to blame you or anybody. This meant to understand things. And not brand ourselves, Swami, I know I am like that only. No, that's not the point at all. As I say, everybody is a saint. You and I, each one of us is a saint. And more saintly you are, happier you are. I always I expect myself to be a saint, that's the problem. So when there is a glimpse of saintliness in myself, I become happy. When I see myself non-saint, I become unhappy. So what is my expectation of myself? I should be a saint. 
big thing you know we are very demanding ourselves but if you know this then we will do we will work such that we progressively bring out a saying from ourselves which everybody can do you can become millionaire not i do not know you can get power or that i do not know power fame etc may come uh, that's fine there is no guarantee there is a guarantee if you do what is right you can become a saint progressively it's a process <laughs> never we should live a life where progressively we bring out from ourselves the saint is sleeping there is there inside to wake him up make him alive and that is the purpose of life that is called sarva purushat sadhana you want to call it spiritual emotional whatever you want to call it this is what it is spiritual is a big name but this is a work that we have to do with our own self you know what is spirit is because of self being worthy of ourselves that's why we call it spiritual work we see the working with ourselves and invoking our true potential whether i have potential of becoming millionaire i do not know that's what the world teaches you look at your abilities look at your potential and grow that all is one thing the potential that we are talking about here is potential of becoming a saint a real happy person and as the saintliness comes the happiness comes is with ourselves very simple also and not so simple also so so we become more valuable that's why it's called value non violence is called value truthfulness is called value honesty is called value because by living those values we become more valuable in our own mind in our own perception that's why it's called value and so we will continue the discussion of values but this is a background what is the role of truthfulness in my life honesty in my life is to bring out from myself the good self that i am the good being that i am each one is a good being nice being kind being to bring out that from ourselves is the purpose of this living a life of dharma or values so with that i will conclude my talk this morning and if you have any question based on what we discussed you are welcome to ask samji i have a question hmm uh you said that being charitable and kind and passionate like that makes us happy doing the wrong thing or telling to the right thing makes us unhappy then then uh, you know how there are criminals and actually there are serial killers who actually repeatedly do the same thing again and again so like if you are saying that everyone has these values somewhere then uh, how do these people end up doing such a brutal acts you know like repeatedly not even like they once but they do they're known serial for that reason so 
you think that the side of these values is just Dead, or they don't have it. They have it, but when you keep on doing something repeatedly, it becomes habitual. If a wrong thing you do repeatedly, that becomes a habit. If a right thing you do repeatedly, that also becomes a habit. So, a person has been doing wrong thing repeatedly, so it becomes a habit as though. That does not mean that person cannot change. You follow? Because goodness is there, but it's buried deep inside. Because of his upbringing, for whatever wrong reasons, he has lived a life where he has been doing wrong things. We'll talk about that. But therefore, goodness is there, but gets buried inside. It takes a longer time, but it can be brought out. Even that cruel person you're talking about, you know, a serial killer. Even that person also, you think that is only cruel person. Cruelty is his nature. In that person also, suppose he gets the news that he has become a father of a new ch- a child. He comes home looking forward, to, looks at his child. How does he feel? Is he a loving person or a cruel person at that time? That loving person is there. But it requires some very special occasions to bring it out. You follow? Loving person is not gone away. Yeah. It is being buried inside. And that way you can bring it out. Even he can be changed. He can change himself. A good person will never become bad. But bad can become good. Om Purnamadah Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om